Welcome to Views from the Porch, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to survive and thrive in your young adult years. Each week, we talk about the biggest challenges facing young adults today and how to overcome them from God's Word based on our weekly experience in leading thousands of young adults at the porch. For more info on the porch, visit theporch.live. Thank you for joining. What's up, guys? This is David. We are back with another episode of Views from the Porch. I'm joined with the one, the only, J.T. Rogers. What's up? And Mrs. Janine Amapola. Yes. Hi. Yes. I'm happy to be here. She is here. And Janine, if you don't know her, is, uh, I guess you would be technically an influencer. YouTube sensation. YouTube sensation, TikTok star. You know her. You love her. She's here. (laughs) And she loves Jesus. Has been a part of our ministry for a long time and connected with us. And even grew up some at Watermark and has just Mm -hmm. been a, a great friend and thought partner on things and so we just wanted to dive into a conversation with somebody who is in that world. I mean, wouldn't you call yourself an influencer? It's technically- yeah, I usually say like influencer, YouTuber, podcaster, yeah. and just a Jesus lover. Just yeah. a Jesus lover. And has used, God has really given you a big platform that you are stewarding and have stewarded to point people to Jesus along with just the influence that he, he's given you. Mm-hmm. And so today we wanted to talk about something that all of us, no matter how big you're following or how small you're following or whether you're on social media at all, can struggle with at times, and that is comparison. Yeah. And specifically as it relates to battling comparison, how uh, have you had to learn? Because if you, know, you are listening and you're not familiar with, maybe you don't have social media, um, when you have a platform like you do with hundreds of thousands of followers, mm-hmm. it can be easy to find your identity and how many people follow you or the criticism that you can receive for things or mm-hmm. the way uh, you stack up to other people in your life. And so just wanted to dive in to how, first off, some of your story to how you kind of, because I don't even know if I've ever heard how <laughs> you kind of launched into what yeah. where you are today. Mm-hmm. And then what does it look like on an ongoing sense, and what has it looked like to battle against comparison? But who are you, Janine? Who the freak am I? <laughs> um, okay, yeah, so like I'm from Dallas. I went to the University of Texas, hook em horns, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I basically started YouTube when I was 16 years old. So I've literally grown up on the internet, like truly. Um, it was just kind of like a happy accident that I fell into. Like I always knew I wanted to do communication. I wanted to be on camera. When I went to Texas, I was pursuing um, either like TV hosting or mil- media and film. So I knew I wanted to do something within that. And then my junior year of college, my YouTube videos blew up, they took off. And so that's when it became a full-time job. And so I like would call myself a college student by day, like YouTuber by night. Like I was the Hannah Montana of UT. Yeah, you were. Like, okay. Yeah, you were. That's funny. Um, Wait, but what were you YouTubing? Yeah. So when I started, I started doing like makeup, fashion, um, cheerleading videos, like day in my life videos, like morning routines. Like there was like a whole like niche genre. If you go back, it's very cringy. Please do not pull up my videos. <laughs> They're like very colorful, like cheesy editing. Um, and so I grew up doing that. And then as I got older, I was like, okay, this is not my brand. I'm not really interested in this anymore. I still do, you know, some fashion, some beauty, but I do a lot of faith related content now. Mm-hmm. And when I started my podcast, that's when I really shifted into more faith related stuff and I absolutely love it. Um, so now it's still more like fashion, but I speak now and I do my, my podcasting and I just overall try to do content that just helps people and helps them be more happy and healthy in their life, which is also the name of my podcast. So yeah, yeah. yeah I would say one of the really encouraging things since I've known you, Janine, I think I came in at a really kind of pivotal 
yeah. part of your story in your life and how you were going to leverage your influence for the world or for God. And you kind of like when we first met, I think it was 2019 mm-hmm. at the, like a porch conference or something. You were yeah. telling me how God kind of had you in this place where you were going to decide like, okay, are you going to trust me? Mm-hmm. Like, because your job is kind of like your people, um, like who you have and like the network you have and helping them and assisting them in all the different things. But like God was kind of calling you to do it more on a faith-based thing, which might have meant losing followers, might have been yeah. like taking a hit, and more criticism. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it did. But you made that jump because that's what God was calling you to do. Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit about that season because since then you started the, I want girls to know this, you started the Abide Tribe. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember during 2020, you were doing Wednesday night Bible studies for girls on Zoom. I don't know if you're still doing stuff like that, but- I do. Now once a month, I do yeah. that. So talk some about that. Yeah. So 2019 was actually a very- pivotal moment in my life. I went through a really bad breakup and it was, uh, I haven't really openly talked about it, but a lot of the reason why we broke up was because of my social media and he just didn't really agree with it. And like, we were just on different pages and a lot of his family didn't agree with it, which was really, really hard. And so it did, you know, pose this question to me, like, are you going to go all in? Or are you going to just keep teetering the line here? Are you going to just keep promoting things that can be somewhat fleeting, or are you just going to dive deep and help girls actually know their true identity in the Lord? And that was also when I had a true shift in my own walk with Jesus, where I was like, okay, like this is so good. I want to share this. And so I did decide that when you were saying in 2019, when I met y'all, like I was kind of like, okay, do I, do I do it? And I was so scared because it is a shift. And a lot of people knew me for a certain content. And when you pivot, pivot (laughs) people they're like what like what is this like I don't like this I like the old you I don't like that you've changed and I get comments like that all the time I've lost a ton of followers since shifting my content because people don't care to hear that however it is why I keep going because I'm so fulfilled in what I do and seeing other people find fulfillment find true life and peace and joy and knowing Jesus is like there's literally nothing better than it and so I try to now have a balance of like yes I want you to be confident in the Lord, but also like, I want you to feel good in what you're wearing too. Like I want to have the balance, but since starting the Abide Tribe and posting about Jesus and my faith and my podcast, like, oh my gosh, it is like why I love doing what I do because it is so fulfilling now. And I'm really glad I decided just to go all in. What What is the Abide Tribe? The Abide Tribe is a Facebook page where girls can find community in their cities. And I also, so during the pandemic, I would leave Bible studies every single Wednesday. And like, since like everything's opened back up, it's been a little bit harder for me to do that. So now I'm going to start doing monthly, but I would help them find community. I post kind of like encouraging things things and like challenging things on the Instagram. And then girls can go on there and just encourage each other. They ask each other questions of like, hey, like, should I break up with this boyfriend? Or hey, I'm new to the faith. What resources should I do? And they basically just find encouragement and find Jesus. And anybody can join like on Facebook? Any girl can join. It's specifically for girls. So yeah. sorry, guys. And then they <laughs> and then they have a, they would, they were having like a Wednesday night Bible study on Zoom. I remember just you're posting about it and just seeing scrolls and scroll. I didn't know you could have that many people on it was Zoom, crazy. like hundreds of girls on this Zoom call um, having Bible study together. Where'd it go, man? Yeah, that's so, so cool. So what do you feel like, I mean, you said the breakup, but was there anything else that kind of pushed you from going, hey, influencer for mm-hmm. uh, fashion, beauty, uh, whatever else too? hey, now I, I'm going to really push this towards Jesus. Was there some any other catalyst for that? Absolutely. And I know y'all are so big on community and people pouring into you and calling you out. And when I lived in California, I had this mentor and we um, we met 
one time for therapy. I was I was big into that and I loved it. And I showed up one time to do therapy with her and I didn't even know what I wanted to talk about. We would just like meet every single Wednesday. And this is kind of when I was still like teetering the line in my own faith. Like I was still kind of struggling with like, oh, I kind of want to party, but I also like love Jesus. And I walked into Bible study one day or sorry, to therapy with her. And she was like, what do you want to talk about? And I was like, I don't really know what I want to talk about. And she was like, well, I know what we're going to talk about. And I was like, oh, crap, 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 crap. And so <laughs> she like whips out this piece of paper and she's like, the paper says hypocrite. And she like slams it on the table. And I was like, ouch. And she's like, you've been a hypocrite. And like, I know the Lord's telling me that you've been a hypocrite. You've been like doing this double life and you have your mask on for some people and you have a mask off for other people. She's like, you need to go all in. And she just called me out. Wow. <laughs> Literally full on called me out. And I was like, oh my gosh. But at the same time, I am so glad she called me out because that was like a very pivotal moment where I was like, you're right. I'm going to go all in. And she challenged me every single week with my platform. Like, what are you going to use your platform for? Like, what are you going to do with this? And so ever since that, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go all in. And I loved her challenging me because I needed someone calling me higher because not a lot of people were. Mm -hmm. Man, so fun. What a therapy session. Oh, yeah. That is unconventional. The Lord, like, tattled on me to her. Like, wow. he literally was like, oh, we know you've been a hypocrite. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah. So how do you, and then we can talk about comparison and just any, any um, you know, scripture, what it says about that, and, and, you know, hopefully help people think through that. But having the size of platform that you do, you've got to take criticism. In, anytime you have more than one person following you, or even with one, they can be critical of you. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. But with... One, the size of yours, I'm sure you get messages of people either attacking your faith, of people personally attacking you. Yeah. How have you learned to either filter those, to um, ignore those? How do you think about those? Because I'm sure that uh, is something you almost have to learn once you're there yeah. through trial and error because um, until you're there, you don't know that there's going to be so many attacks and so many mean comments, et cetera, et cetera. But what has that looked like for you to learn how to handle public criticism. It's brutal. <laughs> it's so brutal. And I feel like, I mean, y'all get it too. And yeah. maybe like a different level, but you totally get it. I mean, you grow up on the internet and you grow up with people commenting about your life for 10 plus years from what you're wearing, what you're driving, what your house looks like, your appearance, the lipstick you're wearing that day, your hair color, who you date, how you spend your money. I mean, literally everything they're criticizing. And so growing up on the internet with that was actually very hard. I mean, I was... I mean, I, first of all, didn't have a good self-esteem and like a good solid identity in the Lord when I was growing up. And so that caused me to change myself and to constantly compare as we're going to talk about and just morph into whatever people wanted me to be, which is now what I like. I'm like, nope, we're not doing that. But as I got older, you realize you have to set healthy boundaries for yourself. So like Instagram gives you capabilities to do that of filtering out certain words. So like I filter out words like fat or stupid or ugly or like any word like that, that would just be really mean for anyone to say or to, about you. I don't even see those, which wow. is really, really nice. Yeah. And so anyone can do that on their Instagram, actually. And then I like have an assistant that will now go through my DMs and she'll filter out the ones that I want to respond to. And then also ones that she's just like, nope, she doesn't need to see that. Delete. Yep. But sometimes they slip through there. Like I've gotten mean comments of people being like, oh, you're doing this or you're dressing like this or you're acting like this. And they they sting for like a second. And then it's just like me taking that thought captive and being like, okay, is that true? No, it's not true. But if it is true, I I really do want to always be reflective and self-aware and be like, okay, is that something that I do need to look into or need to ask a friend about? Because I want to be reflective and be like, maybe there is truth to that. That's and then th huge. there's not, 
then I'm like, okay, you go back to the word of God and be like, that's not true. Like, that's not who God says I am. And who are you? Like, you don't really know me, which is really what's hard is that a lot of people see one portion of my life and they make this grandest, you know, comment or assumption. I'm like, no. So I think as you get more firm in your walk with Christ, the easier it becomes. But it's not to say that it doesn't still affect me here and there. I bet the word that probably um, that you, I know we've probably faced this is like the describes you the least is when you're an influencer, people probably aren't like, oh, humility is what marks this person unless they really know you. Like if someone just saw that you were an influencer, not thinking, oh, look how humble that person is. But what you just described, that even people criticizing you, you're letting yourself be teachable to what they have to say. And you're letting those people who are out to get you, you're navigating what they say and go, is this true? That takes truly a humble heart and a, and a great posture of like always want to be teachable. And I think it's, we could be so quick to hear negative, anything that negative or contradicts us and like bad vibes, push it away to hear that you sit in that wrestle and you process, does this hurt? Cause it's true. Right. Is so huge. And I think it's a huge takeaway. Um, there was something else I was going to say. Well, I feel like Go ahead. I was just going to say, like, I know you guys have talked about this of just being like unoffendable. Uh, oh, yeah. Just like letting things, you know, roll off your shoulder. And again, yeah, you process it. I mean, there was one time I remember when I, since I grew up on the internet, like I actually used to complain a lot and I didn't know it. Like in my videos, I would complain, 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 and people would comment and they'd be like, it's really annoying that you complain all the time. And so that was when I was like, oh, okay, maybe that is true. And so because of that, I try not to complain in my videos anymore. I try not to complain in life, period. Mm -hmm. And so those, that was a prime example of like a situation where I'm like really glad they called me out because it made me be more self-aware of that. Yeah. How, yeah. Go ahead. I was going to ask, have you ever gone to your YouTube messages and looked at the comments? They, oh, tons. Janine, do you go look at the comments ever? Uh, I actually videos? don't anymore. No, like I, I still respond when the when the video first goes out. I'll respond and I'll heart comments and try to do that. But sometimes as like the video starts to blow up, like random people come and they don't know me and they're just like attacking me and I'm like, nope, nope, nope. So mm -hmm. I just try to like not even look. Sometimes I know I I try to not go and sometimes you'll be scrolling. I go like look at the porches, yeah, just yeah. like look at our feed. And I'll see like 12 comments and I'm like, don't do it. Yeah, no, don't for real. do it. And I'll click and they'll be like, who does this guy think he yeah. is? And I'm like, oh God. I, I like <laughs> yeah, then you spiral. It's, I know. So, it's I'm like, so bad. I'm like, well, if that's on that one, I wonder what's on the other that is sermon. Crazy. The other sermon. That's such a real feeling. Uh, oh, that's so funny. So how do you, because I do think this will help other people. Your job is connected to having followers. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, in, in other words, there is some relationship between creating content that is with valuable, et cetera. But seeing the number of followers connected to um, ability to provide for ourselves, just like any right. job, how do you battle against comparing to other people, comparing to where you were a month ago and where you want to be or where you should be? Or just, I mean, your roommate, Maddie, also has a huge platform. And the temptation, if I was her roommate or if she was your roommate, would be to compare like, well, she has more of this, huh. more of this. What does it look like for you to battle that or how have you learned how to battle against comparison? Because that doesn't just apply to followers. It, it applies to the way Anything, my hair, yeah. your hair, someone else's shirt, this pink fly plaid he's got going on over here, JD, <laughs> to, you I know, like my shirt. someone's height, <laughs> how color. they talk. Like we just, we constantly measure ourselves against a bad measuring stick with just the other people all the time. Mm -hmm. And so how have you learned how to battle that? 
Yeah. I mean, first and foremost, I really do think, like I said, identity, it, everything stems from identity. Like I'm a firm believer with anything you do. I really believe it all goes back to identity. Yeah. And so if I am secure in who God made me to be, he doesn't make mistakes. If I'm secure in my personality, my height, my hair color, my skin color, then I don't need to go and look at her and be like, oh, that's so annoying. Like, why don't I have that? And I think there's a difference between admiring someone and also in wanting what they have. Yeah. Cause I can look at my roommate and be like, she is so stunning. Like she has beautiful blue eyes. I don't have blue eyes, but that's just not how I was born. And that's okay. Like I got my parents' genetics and I'm super happy that I'm proud of that. And so it's super easy just to, you know, look at someone and be like, I want that. But when you're secure and confident in who God has called you to be, then you're like, I don't have to, you know, want or covet over, over someone else's followers or money or car or whatever. And it does take time. Like I really do believe it is a lot of discipline. Um, and taking the thoughts captive because I would be lying to say like, I don't still compare myself or I don't look at someone and be like, I want that. But I often have to sit there and stop for a second and be like, okay, no. Like I have to take that thought captive and like tell myself, no, Janine, like you're gonna, you're gonna still uh, look at yourself and say, you're so beautiful and God made you this way. And so I also feel like I've gotten to the point in my life where like, I don't really compare as much as I used to because I'm just like, I'm in my own lane and she's in her own lane and I can champion her because I'm proud of her. She's building God's kingdom. She's doing things that are meant for her and her calling. And there's so many Bible verses about this. Like the one that I just was thinking of when I was prepping for this was um, 1 Corinthians 7, 17. And it says, nevertheless, each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned them to, just as God has called them. And so whatever my roommate be assigned to, is that's awesome for her, but God has assigned me to other things. And so I don't want to miss what I'm doing because I'm looking at what she's doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think so many people do that. They're like, well, if she's doing that, then I have to do that. I'm like, but no, what has God put in your heart to do? Yeah. Like, I, I love my podcast. My roommate may not, may not be called to have a podcast. And so it's just different gifts that the Lord has given to us. It's like, how are you going to steward that? Um, did I answer that question? Yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> yeah, you remind me of that the story at the end of John, where Jesus is talking to. Do uh, you remember the story? He's talking to Peter, and he's mm -hmm. saying like, "Hey, when you're old, basically he's telling Peter how he's going to die. He's going to be crucified upside down, and you're old, and you dress yourself. Someday somebody else is going to dress you, and your hands will be stretched out." And Peter turns and he's like, "What about John?" Mm -hmm. mm. And Jesus says, "If." Uh, what happens between John and me and in life, that's between me and John. That's not right. between you and John. And so if I want to have John stay alive until I come back, then John is going to stay alive until I come back. And I think that's what you're saying, which is so true. Identity mm -hmm. and also a death grip on God's sovereignty. Mm -hmm. And God is at work and he's called me to do the work he's called me to do today. And me comparing, there's no, that, that adage of there's no win in comparison is so true. Mm -hmm. That me looking and judging, it doesn't help me, it doesn't help them, it does nothing mm -hmm. healthy, and it does nothing helpful. And so knowing this is who I am, this is who God has called me to be, and I can either walk in confidence of that, yeah. or I can walk in insecurity through comparison for that. Yeah. And I think yeah. girls are so bad at that. Like, yeah. girls tear each other down. They're so jealous. They're so, so the envious. I'll say it. So do guys. Okay. Yeah, that's they good. really do. I guess, yeah, I don't have a guy's perspective, really. Yeah. I, mean, I think guys are more silent about it, and they man it manifests differently. For girls, it comes in the form of, like, tearing them down yeah. mm. and these snarky little comments and not supporting them when they're winning and being successful at life. Yeah. I don't know how that manifests for yeah, guys. Guys will definitely be more passive, but the thoughts and the emotions and the battle of comparison is definitely there, and it usually manifests itself in other ways, mm -hmm. for sure. Like, they're not going to be as quick to, like, 
just like talk, talk, talk about it. Mm. But when they get the opportunity to put them down, embarrass them, roast them, yeah. do whatever, they'll take it. Um, and in regards to everything you're saying, like what I what made me think of is when we are faced with the opportunity to compare, I think we have the choice to, it can turn into like criticism of that person we're comparing to or celebration. Like right. with your roommate, it's not celebrating others. Like, you can either celebrate what God's called her to, or you could be critical and be like, well, she this and well, she that. Mm-hmm. And I find if I'm being super hypercritical of people, comparison is winning in my life probably. Mm-hmm. And I need to transfer that to like celebrate what God has given them to do. And then I need to also, like you said, refocus what has he called me to do. Right. And I think if you have so much time to compare and talk about people on your left and right, you've probably lost sight of your mission totally. and your purpose. Like that's what I hear you saying is like, yeah. you need to refocus what, how can I point back to myself, mm-hmm. work on my own need for growth, my own sin. Because if you have, if you start getting hypercritical because you're comparing, you want to knock them down, yourself feel better, focus on yourself and then ask yourself, what is God calling me to do? Is that what I hear you saying? Totally. Yeah, yeah. Like not everything that my roommates called to do is what I'm called to do and vice versa. And there's ways that I can help, you know, build her up and encourage her and help her get there that I'm not, you know, that's not my own thing. And so it's just like, what good is it when you're just looking at other people being like, I don't have that. And I want that. It's like, well, what, what do you have? Mm-hmm. Like, how are you going to steward the gifts that God has given you? And so I just like, I, I think a lot of people have this, um, this scarcity mindset of the sense of just like, well, just because she wrote a book means that there's not a room for me to write a book. It's like, according to whom? Yeah. Like, just because she's successful doesn't mean you can't be successful. There's not, there's not less successfulness just because she's been successful. And I do think there comes a part of like, well, if you want what she has, then are you willing to work for it? Because I've seen my roommate grind at making this book. And so it's like, if you, if someone wants it so badly, it's like, are you willing to also put in the work that she's put into? Because not a lot of people are, they just want what someone has, but they're not willing to put in the work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. They want the end result. They want, they want what they can see. Totally. And like, David, I was thinking about you just now. Like I bet a lot of people look at your job, your life and what they see of it. And it's easy to go, oh, I want what that guy has, or totally. man, I want a ministry like that. Or if I had the resources he had, I could be, I could change the world for the gospel and all these things. And just, and so then they, they could easily start to pick apart, well, his speaking style, or he's too this, he's too that. He doesn't do this enough. He doesn't, he tells me stories or mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. And I think God would have that person or each of us in our own ways go, hey, you have such an opportunity right in front of you, people looking up to you, whether it's 30 or 3,000, and you're missing it. And you're missing out on so much opportunity because you are so obsessed with this guy's success and this version you've created of his life. And so what would y'all say, not talking about an influencer or a person on stage or a director or a CEO, for like a person who would say, man, my comparison issues, um, they do look at people like y'all. They like they look at people, they compare, they're comparing themselves to you. So humanize yourself a little bit. Like I think both of you could do this, like to where a person's comparing, you would both would probably say, man, if you're comparing yourself to me, then you don't know me, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Ugh. Like I'm not worth, <laughs> I am not worth comparing to. Why is that? Yeah, I mean, are you asking? Um, Why should a person not compare themselves to you? 
I think it's all the stuff we just talked about. Every person you've ever listened to is a sinner who needs Jesus, who's broken, who struggles with, uh, with who can struggle with comparison themselves. And uh, and so I think to every the point of all the stuff we just said of just it's a use or waste of your time. It's not productive. It's not helpful. It feeds an insecurity. It's not rooted in your actual identity. It's it honestly is a rejection of God at some level of going like, man, I don't like who God made me. Right. And God said, I am fearfully, I'm wonderfully made. God's design. I think He got it wrong, and I think it is insulting to the Creator. But I think so. That would be how I would answer that. I don't mm-hmm. want to change gears without. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, Absolutely. What David was saying, like, I'm not a perfect person. And I try to be very vocal about that. Like on my podcast, I am extremely brutally honest of every fault, every sin, everything that I've done so that people aren't looking at me being like, well, you're this Christian influencer. Like, how can I relate to you? Like, you don't get it. And I'm like, yeah, but look what I came from. Like, I understand what it's like to go through heartbreak. I understand what it's like to come from no money. I understand like all the things I've dealt with in my life. I'm like, I understand. And that's why I try to be very vulnerable with people so that they don't put me on a pedestal. And I'm like, dear God, if we're putting me on a pedestal, like everyone's going to fall because like I'm not a good pedestal to be put on. Like God's Mm -hmm. pedestal is what we should be putting on. And so that's why I do think leading with humility is the best way to go so that people aren't like worshiping me. I'm like, I'm not worthy of being worshiped. Like I'm just here to steward well the gifts I have and help you hopefully from the things I've learned by going through the process and submitting myself to Christ so he can teach me things. But I just, I never want someone to worship me where they like, you know, cause I, girls meet me and they're like, oh my gosh, like, I just love you. I love you. And I'm like, that is so, so sweet, but please do not worship me. Cause I do not have this all figured out. Yes. Yeah. I think one thing that you said earlier is such a relevant thing to double click on that candidly, even as we were talking, you were saying it, I was like, man, I want to do more and more of that. One of the ways that you attack jealousy or comparison, cause they're like cousins, Mm-hmm. is by celebrating people and by championing them. And there's something that happens in my heart. Like, um, you know, anytime you speak on a stage and you bring in uh, God raises up JD, use his example, and I'm gone and JD's teaching that week. And people write in and it happens all the time that, man, that was amazing. That was so great. That was so awesome. You're my favorite speaker ever, JD. I does not happen all the time. <laughs> Don't you even? But oh, okay, no, uh, for the sake on. of the illustration, I like fight, it. Fight, Your mom sends fight. me an email no, once a week. That says yeah, that exactly. my mom. <laughs> uh, the temptation, like a lot of times, people. I, I have a choice there. I can either go, man, that is amazing, and thank God, and that is awesome, and way to go, JD. Hey, and and I can lead the charge and go. Look at this. Hey, this person, president of JD's fan club, and I bet there's a thousand more like them, and I am so proud, and I'm so excited, and I'm so, I can either lead the way and mm-hmm. celebrate, or I can go, man, I can't, what the, I can't believe that. I'm not going to have him teach anymore, because then people are going to like him more than they're going to like me, and yeah. I can mm. live in that. Saul and David. Saul and David. And mm-hmm. I think that one of the ways that we free ourselves, even from those thoughts, or at least for me, and this comes from a book Andy Stanley wrote on, oh man, what's it called? It's like Enemies of the Heart. You guys read this book? I know no. that title, so I think that's the right title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking about. And he talked about jealousy in there, and he basically, he, so I didn't come up with this, this, is my point. But he points out that oftentimes, when you feel those temptations, the best thing you can do is to celebrate or to champion someone totally. in the place of that jealousy. Mm-hmm. And it actually frees you from those jealous feelings and thoughts. And your heart catches up to what your hands, or in that case, your mouth, is doing by celebrating that person. And I don't know why, but it seems like the church has lost the championing mm-hmm. and celebrating 
And even if nothing good is said about me, I want to champion and celebrate this person. And I know in my own life, I only want to do more and more and more of that. It's the best. And, uh, it really is. and it's really how God, I think, keeps us connected to our identity and it keeps us celebrating other people. It's like, it's supernatural. It almost feels like holy in a weird way. Yeah. It's so fun. Like my roommate just um, released her book and like, I'm so proud of her. And like, I could sit there and be like, that's not fair. And like, she has this book and she's doing this and all these people inviting her. Like, I'm so excited for her because her win is my win because Mm -hmm. it's, she's uh, advancing the kingdom. She's helping other girls and other people be more set free. And so to me, I'm like, that is a win for the kingdom. And so I love to celebrate people because I'm like just because she wrote a book doesn't mean I can't write a book like it is so fun and it makes her feel good it makes her feel like she can come home to me and not be like okay is she gonna be excited for me is she not like I want her to know I am I love celebrating you yeah and I hear so I hear y'all saying the first thing is whenever you get that thought of comparison to like make sure that you are understanding your own purpose your own identity not theirs Um, and then just now what I hear us kind of saying, and like David, I'd say that this is most relevant for me and you and the nature of our work and like you and your roommate, uh, Maddie. And I think that what the biblical response to comparison with believers is to not pull away, but to lean in. Like you press in all the more, you celebrate harder, just like anything. Like we, we teach when you hear a lie from the enemy, just about like, oh, I'm I'm nothing or whatever. You hear a lie, then we tell them fight it with truth. Like right. actively speak it out. Yeah. Have other people tell you truth. It's the same exact thing with comparison with people. So I'm gonna lean in, not because it's the tendency is to go, oh, I'm gonna isolate. I'll let her do her thing. She's probably mm-hmm. too busy now, anyways, and let her do her her book thing. And now she's too big. Or yeah, the enemy he he will do anything so to divide yeah. the church to divide the believer it's his and that comparison and jealousy is how he does it and so in those moments like david you always have said to me hey this relationship because the nature of what we do together is really really important to me i'm going to put a lot of deposit into this because we know that the enemy is seeking to divide so we're going to counteract that with leaning in not pulling away and time spent together hearing stories, hearing backgrounds, hearing about the hard, Mm -hmm. not just the book writings and the speakings and all those different things, but getting to know the person's heart and their struggles and humanizing them. Yeah. You quickly are, it's easier to celebrate them because they're not on some pedestal. They're your friend that you love. Yeah. Yeah. And so I would say that the second application tool, what we're talking about is when the, find the person that it is hardest to celebrate Mm. and go to dinner with that person. Yes. Like lean into that person. And celebrate them. Exactly. Like, I, I think the more you do it, the easier it gets. Uh-huh. And I think it really is true that I, I the more I champion and celebrate, um, th- like uh, Janine, Janine's got a huge following. And I could go, God, what the heck? Why don't I have a following like that? Or I can go, God, thank you for Janine Amapola. Oh, he got mm-hmm. it right. <laughs> and the way that you're raising up people that are influencing and pushing back. And I think the more we flex that muscle, it's a muscle that gets stronger and stronger. And the grip of jealousy and the grip of comparison looses itself. Yeah. And if I could say something, actually, this is something that I don't, I do want to hear y'all's stance on this, but I actually even confess that to people sometimes. Like with my roommate, Maddie, yep. I had lived alone for two years. And so living with Maddie was something that was kind of new for me again. And so all of a sudden, like all these new feelings came out, things I didn't deal with in the past 
those came out where I was like, oh my gosh, this is a new feeling. Like I've never felt this before. And so I was struggling with comparison with something with her like body image wise. And I processed it with a couple of friends first. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go and tell Maddie. So I go in her room and I'm like, Maddie, I've been struggling and I've been comparing myself to you in this area. And I just want to say, I'm sorry. And I want to let you in on that. And like, we prayed for one another and it was actually like so cool because it actually bonded us. And we felt more transparent, more vulnerable with each other where we could do that with each other more. And so I feel like even if you feel comfortable, like talk talk to the person about that. Tell them that like, hey, I know you don't know this, but I've actually been really comparing myself to you. And it's actually making me bitter towards you for no reason. And I'm very sorry. And I want to let you know that. And I think that brings a more bond to the friendship because again, you were saying, JD, that the enemy wants to divide and he's like, don't tell anyone. But I went to my roommate and just straight out told her. And I'm really glad I did that. Where'd it go, man? Yeah, that's huge. And I would say, you said our thoughts on that. I think that what I've at least experienced is if I don't know the person and I've formed a perception of them that I'm comparing to, then I think that's actually on me completely and it's between me and God. And like, I don't have a relationship with that person. Let's say I see a guy on stage and I'm like, man, he probably this and he that. And I bet he's not even, I bet he doesn't even love his friends and he, whatever. And I, and I'm like, I probably don't need to go to that guy. Who's like, who is this stranger? And be like, Hey yeah. bro, I've been comparing myself to yeah. you. And he's <laughs> totally. like, he's like, Thank he's like, you. who are you? <laughs> and now, yeah. And now he's going to go walk away going, is there something I did? Like, what, yeah. what can I do right. better? And he's going to go do give thoughts to things that, that he doesn't need to think about because it's, it's my perception of him. Yeah. I would say exactly what you did is the biblical response to what you should do with people that you are in community with. Cause now Maddie, cause she lives in a house with you. Mm-hmm. She knows how to better serve, lay down her life and love you because of that vulnerability. But that is so massive. I think so many people just keep it in. Yeah. yeah. Keep it in. It's me. It's my problem. Like, keep it in, keep it in, keep it in. And Maddie's just going to keep being Maddie. Yeah. Unless she she's has aware. no idea. Exactly. Yeah. Right. That's so good. So I heard uh, walking in confidence of your identity, fighting comparison through celebrating, and really confessing when when it's appropriate and just bringing it to others to to just bring it out in the light to lose some of the power of it. I think this is one of the issues that is destroying people's lives and faith. It seems like we're talking about something related to social media. No, we're talking about comparison because I think you're right. I think so many people live their life every day and they they stack up. And I do think girls do it different than guys. Yeah. Because I think girls walk into a room and they immediately, like you guys look at each other's shoes. I never look at your shoes. <laughs> you look at what they're wearing. You look at what the, like, yeah. and that is- You size up to them real you quick. You size up so fast and mm-hmm. it is distracting you. It is a uh, waste of time anytime that you're focused on, really, you're, you're, like I said, you are throwing an attack at God by not walking in who he created and who he made you and how fearfully and wonderfully made you are. And I think if it's not a daily battle thing, which is why I'm so glad that you came on to talk about it, Janine, it is going to be something that is going to destroy your peace, destroy your confidence, and rob you of the life that God wants you to. And so walk in the confidence of, I am who God says that I am, and I'm going to celebrate even when I don't feel like it, and I'm going to bring it into the light when I find myself distracted and consumed by how I compare to others. Yeah. Let's all go around and kind of just say like our last piece on this topic. Janine, I want you to go last. I just said mine. Okay, okay? sweet. So you done yours because that was fire. Uh, for was me, fire. I would say the last weapon I would say to fight comparison is to preach the gospel to yourself for yourself and for them. And what the gospel does is it normalizes, humanizes, and it creates all men equal when you preach it. So like I will actively find myself when I'm comparing or tempted or whatever, I will 
preach the gospel and and part of the gospel is all have sinned and mm-hmm. fallen short and every single person is deserving of that gospel and every single person desperately needs it what do you know now we're all the same and so the what I when I look at a person after preaching the gospel about them like towards them and towards myself is now I just see a sinner who needs the blood of Jesus mm-hmm. and I look at myself when I'm doing that and go I'm just a sinner who needs the blood of Jesus yeah and suddenly I want to just be near that person because I'm like, you're just a sinner who needs right. grace and needs, it makes mistakes. And no matter what I think of you, what's true of you is God loves you. And he died for you just like he did me. And like, so who am I to have, to feel any type of way towards you? And it makes me love them because I realize the love that's been extended towards me. It's good. So good. Yeah. I think my last final comments would be that everyone is fighting their own battle. Everyone has their own struggles. Everyone has their own hangups and hurts that you don't know about. So you're comparing yourself, like you were saying, to a sinner. Like, just because their sin is different than yours, like, doesn't mean they don't have sin. And so don't be looking at them like, they're so perfect and I want that. Like, they have their own things that they're going through. Secondly, I would say it's kind of selfish to compare in some sense because you're just only looking at yourself, 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 me, me, Mm -hmm. me, me, me. It's like, but how can you go in there and say, hey, how how can I love you? How can I celebrate you? And don't you want someone to celebrate you the way that you would, that someone wants you to celebrate them? Mm -hmm. Like, so if if you launched a book or whatever it might be, let's not, let's make it, make it more like micro level, I guess. Like say you did something that you were proud of, like, wouldn't you want someone to celebrate you too? And so like be that person for someone else as well. So good. Really, really good. This this whole combo is like coveting. We haven't <laughs> we haven't used that language, but that's essentially what it is, mm-hmm. which I think is I'll give my last thing. Okay. I, I double think, dip. I think <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so profound. The Ten Commandments were written when Egypt or when Israel left Egypt after Pharaoh let my people go, et cetera, et cetera. They write these Ten Commandments to this nation that is just being founded. It's basically the constitution, founding documents of the nation. And in the top ten rules, God does something that no one had ever done before, no law had ever been passed before. And he introduces a law that is of the heart. Thou shall not covet. You can show when somebody kills. I mean, it's very, they're dead. Somebody commits adultery, it's clear. Somebody steals, it's clear. So there's all these laws. And then he includes one that involves the heart. Mm. You shall not in your heart want something that God hasn't given you that mm-hmm. someone else has. You should not look at the way that someone else looks, the car they drive, the life that they live, and say, I wish that was mine in a way that dishonors God and dishonors that other person. And I think this whole conversation comes back to that idea of, man, we fight comparison, which is fighting coveting by celebrating, by walking in confidence of who God calls us, and by bringing it into the light with other people when we're struggling with it. I think take, And taking the thoughts captive. Taking them captive. Have yeah. to. It's good. good. I love it. All right. Well, that's it for me, unless anybody else has anything. That's it. Thanks for having me, guys. It was fun. Thank you for being here. It feels so natural. I know. I love podcasting. It's one of my favorites. It's so So fun. fun. All right. That's it. We'll see you next week in another episode of Views from the Porch. Thank you for listening to Views from the Porch. For more information about The Porch Ministry, visit us at theporch.live or follow us on social media at The Porch.